When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. As of right now, we are at war. How desperate you call on such lost creatures to defend you? How desperate am I? You threaten my world with war. You steal a force you can't hope to control. You talk about peace and you kill because it's fun. You have made me very desperate. You might not be glad that you did. There was an idea to bring together a group of remarkable people to see if they can become something more. Welcome to Fury's Finest, a podcast about the discussion of Marvel Crisis Protocol and the Marvel Universe. My name is Jesse Aiken, and today we have a very special episode of the podcast for you. Omnis from Omnis Protocol returns to the show, and we build Guardians of the Galaxy together from scratch with nothing. So if you've heard our episode in the past where we did X-Men, it's going to be a very similar feel to that except this time we're going to do this in two parts. So this is part one of building guardians of the galaxy. Part two will be our next episode of the show. So please stay tuned for that. Of course, episodes like this are possible because we have the patrons that support us at patreon.com slash furies finest. If you enjoy this show and enjoy content like this that deviates from the main show, consider supporting us with a monthly contribution. It's an opt-in monthly subscription where you choose your own price to give. We of course have tiers. Several of you have asked, can I pay more than the tiers? Yes, you can. Basically you can select a tier and then you can select any amount you want to give monthly to help support the show and keep content like this coming. Of course, This week, we have a very special thank you to Jesse R. Jesse, great name. Thank you for being the patron of the week. And of course, we could not do Fury's Finest without Zack Attack, Rusty, and Dylan, our Avenger producers. They make every episode happen. All right, let's get into this special episode of Fury's Finest, where we build Guardians of the Galaxy. You are listening to a collaboration of Omnis Protocol? And Fury's Finest. I am Charles, also known as Omnis. And I am Jesse from Fury's Finest. Oh, man, that's cool. That worked out really well. Boom. Already a victory, Jesse. <laughs> we did it. <laughs> Only took the, two takes. That's right. You with the no host and me with the host. You know, this happened in our last episode where we were together. You know, it's it's fun to encounter a new intro. Yeah. So it's, it's fun to play around with some of those things. You get into like get into habits and stuff. Like I remember somebody was uh, someone who was doing the intro. I think it was uh, Jamie and he he switched something up in like the bonus episode and forgot to say bonus or something. And like, I got messages and like people, I was like, I was so confused. It's, it's funny how much people get into habits and rhythms and such. 
Oh, absolutely. I mean, you're speaking to someone who's <laughs> been podcasting pretty consistently nonstop since 2013. I've got some habits, good and bad, you know, a lot of them are trying to break, you know? <laughs> yeah. I'm only a little bit longer than you. I started in like 2011, but then I Very took good. a longer break in the middle. So we're probably at a, a roughly similar amount of time spent podcasting. Absolutely. And we're back today, which is very exciting because Omnis, you've been on the show since we did a character list building episode like we're going to talk about today. But the last time we did that on Furious Finest was December 2020 when we built the X-Men and it was a long episode and it was all our thoughts are there. They're there. Yeah. It was so much fun, though. Like, I was so ready to dive into X-Men. Oh, I'm ready to dive back in. So maybe there'll yeah. be something we'll do in the future because they're getting a lot of stuff soon. Yeah, I've been, I've been thinking that an X-Men deep dive would be good. But there's also, like, so many, so many X-Men, like, right on the cusp. I'm like, let me let me just, like, let them get, get the gambits out, get the rogue out, get the X-23. Like, let's just let them get some of these other stuff out before do another deep dive because it could change so much. One character can throw everything into chaos both good and bad absolutely yeah and we got a whole new levels of threat to contend with right so some yeah for puzzle sure. it out well listeners what we're going to do today is jesse and i have been itching to do a guardians of the galaxy episode similar to what we did for x-men just like start from nothing and build out build out a roster and so i'm curious jesse why was guardians the one that you're like that you were so on board for Man, a lot of good questions here. I, I would say, personally speaking, Guardians are one of my favorite teams to play in the game, and they're one of the good guy teams I latched on to. Eh, good guy-ish. Good guy-ish. Good guy-ish. <laughs> yeah. On Fury's Finest, we always say it's fun to have a primary good guy and a primary bad guy team. It's, and it seems like that's kind of the way the game goes, except people that just play one faction. But I know we all like to play everything here on this show, as in the two of us, but Guardians in particular are one of the factions I have played without a doubt the most of. And my faction of late for good guys for quite a long time now, actually since Sam's release has been the Sam Swarm or the Sam Spam. And it's only because... I'm playing it the way I used to play Guardians, but I want to go fully back to Guardians because an attrition swarm, it's something that really resonates with me. And of course, I love these characters on this. We've talked about that on both of our shows before. And lastly, a lot of them got some buffs. And of course, the leadership has been changed. So it's a whole new world for the Guardians. Yes, I uh, I agree across the board. They One, they've got some really crazy cool sculpts, right? Rocket's a cool sculpt. Star-Lord is one of the better sculpts in the whole line. Angela is in conversation for one of the best sculpts in the whole line. I couldn't um, agree more. It's got some okay sculpts. Like, Drax is not the best sculpt. I will right. I will totally say that. And Ronan is fine, but it's 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 an affiliation with a lot of it's a lot of flair to it. So it's a very cool-looking affiliation. Guardians of the Galaxy 2 is still one of my favorite Marvel movies to date. I know. Spoiler we alert, about we might, yeah, we might, we might get into this a bit because mm-hmm. um, there's a new movie that came out recently that breaks into my top five. Yep. There we go. <laughs> Spider-Man No Way Home. Uh, if you haven't seen it yet, you should go do that. I've seen it twice and I want to see it again. It's so good. And there's so many strong emotional moments. And man, it's just a Spider-Man fan's dream. But even if you're not a diehard Spider-Man fan, like it's just one of the better MCU movies, period, I would say. So I'm sure this is no news to the listeners had they just listened to Chris and I's full review of Spider-Man No Way Home. But Omnis, I'm sure you and I will talk more about Spider-Man as time goes on. There's so much <laughs> to discuss on it. 
let's try to stay focused on guardians for the moment. So we're going to build, we're going to build guardians. I love them. It was always a little rough at first. They hit, they came out with multiple of their characters being delayed. So you had Mm -hmm. a lot of people diving into the affiliation with only like half an affiliation. And I'm not sure anyone ever like fully tested them out post Drax, post Ronin, post Angela, I know that there was some some Guardian spam played at the late the late moments of drop off, which was strong, and it had some really good teams in there. And oh, then absolutely. the drop off ban and Guardians basically like disappeared for the most part. I would agree, yeah. But then they've gotten some buffs, and so now like some of the overall solidness of the affiliation combined with a better um, leadership bonus, and there's a lot to consider, and it's a really versatile roster that. Uh, can include almost anyone. I hate to call turd polishers, but they literally have an affiliation where you could fit in almost any of your favorite characters. Almost yeah. anyone could be in a Guardians roster and do good things. Absolutely, because also with the nature of the leadership paired with the low threat leader, and then you add in the element you're talking about, which is rerolls for everyone and anyone, you know, it doesn't matter if you're on the affiliate on the team or not, because of course you are for list building purposes when we get through the threat. But I couldn't agree more on this. So that innately even makes models of all threats interesting in the Guardians too, because you can kind of slot them in pretty easily. Now, I will say I have an affinity for the swarm side of things with this team in particular. So that's probably going to taint the way I'm looking at this roster. But I do think something recently that certainly hasn't been tested or tried and true and looked at is the fact that you can bring the normal low threat characters you would probably be considering for this roster, but then you could also probably bring a couple high threat characters and switch into them when the time is needed. And that's something that's definitely not explored at all with guardians yet. Yeah. It's there's a, a, I think what's probably most interesting and probably the largest reason why I wanted to do this episode is because I think guardians might actually be the hardest roster to work on in a fun way because they're, there are no like 100 percents, right? Like you could you could build a spam roster that doesn't even include Angela and Ronan and Gamora. Of course. Right. And yes. You could build a roster that's got all the guardians in it and it would still like there's interesting reason for all of that. And it's an easy affiliation to do dual affiliation, but it's easy to do single like they don't necessarily have like really bad matchups. And so you, it's just there's no limit to the amount of decisions that you could make here. And so that's why it makes it such an interesting one to dive into and makes it very difficult for us to settle into one roster idea, but we're going to have to. Absolutely. And my first thought before we get into anything is, is going mono, but you can think about going mono guardians in the way of like, you have your swarm side and then you have your more narrow side or tall side. And I think that's something that a lot of people haven't looked at a lot yet. And I think it's kind of interesting because I will say one of the only true weaknesses of the swarm teams is, is you have less slots for characters. And that sounds silly. Like it's, you know, more good things. Like you have a lot more twos and threes than people have, but that's true. So in a way you kind of lose your ability to second affiliate, but not really. I mean, there are small affiliations out there like Wakanda and things like that. that You could slip in if you really wanted to, but I just think for purposes of this episode, it might be good to think Starler's always going to be our leader, but then we we have two play styles within the ten man roster. If that makes sense, it does. But I'm going to throw a little wrench in the current plan. So the more I thought about this, the more I feel like we should start with crisis cards. 
which might feel weird, but with the new crisis system and mm-hmm. like needing to have a plan for secures, like, cause you have to have like three secures you're legitimately going to play and figuring out three extracts and how you're going to like get some sort of advantage when you don't have priority. I feel like these decisions are going to affect every other decision that we're going to make. And I think you could build a roster and then go, well, what crisis cards are good for this? But I think it might actually be more efficient to start with a crisis plan. What do you what do you think of that? I think that's good. I mean, that certainly helped us focus on our X-Men building when we did that. Funny enough, back then we were focused on a extract or a secure or two because the old system, right, for choosing cards. Now you're right. We got to go through our three reds and our three blues and be pretty confident about them. Now, something about that's interesting about the Guardians to me, Omnis, is they're not necessarily like focused on getting these exact extracts and secures. And it might be one of their strengths and weaknesses because they don't really have a lot of crises that they're like super, super, super good on or super, super bad on. They're just kind of consistent on a lot of crises. So I'm really interested to hear what crisis we do pick. And I think that you know, you and I are on the same page there where that's where I was thinking about this. I'm like, well, what do you want to build towards? Cause right. You obviously, you could play a very aggressive attrition focused guardians and play the traditional like demons downtown, sure. gamma wave and intrusions, right? Like you could totally do that, but I think it might be the most overplayed trio of secures. And so I kind of want to stay away from it because I just feel like that's the way that tons of people are building tons of rosters. And so I feel like it would be more fun if we went a different way, especially considering this is an affiliation that doesn't need that. It can do other things. I truthfully Um, think the Guardians can play as well, attrition-wise, on less attrition-focused crises because they can be more places on the map and most of their characters hit above their weight class. So in an interesting way, you know... They like some of the maps the Web Warriors like and stuff because they can be certain all over the map. But then they're playing Attrition, which is a different play style than Web Warriors. So a lot of interesting decisions coming up here. For sure. Now, on the total flip side of it, I think you could build a Guardians roster on the pay to flips. Okay. Right. I think because we already we kind of built X-Men around Mutant Mad Men and such. And and I think you absolutely can because they've got Angela. You know, you, you've got multiple characters that could potentially take the power gem. Um, and you could easily flex in so many characters like Valkyrie that, you know, to, you know, there's lots of characters you could build for that. I don't want to spend a ton of time on it, but I just spent a bunch of time talking about Asgard doing it. And I would also kind of like to talk about something else. So this was the one part I kind of prepared preemptively for this episode. Cause I was like, man, if we don't pick a crisis situation to like focus on, this could be like 10 hours long. Mm-hmm. Um, so I want to pitch an idea to you and I think you're going to like it based on what you already said. Cause you're kind of comparing them to web warriors. Right. What would you think about their secures being the three D secures? Right. I'm already the, in. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So my thought process was very few other rosters love the D secures. Obviously a lot of them are fine on it. Right. But all these rosters that are building around synergies with like Thanos giving bonus dice or Doctor Strange healing and giving defensive dice or bodyguards, you know, there's so many things that are built around synergies that when you spread out over the course of 4D secures, it's a lot harder to capitalize on those synergies. So having standalone characters that win one-on-one matchups feels like Guardian's bread and butter to me. 
Well, absolutely. And, and I think one of the obvious things has to be pointed out that Star-Lord got better with hit and run now. And now yeah. Star-Lord is a pretty strong contender for D and B shapes because he can actually hit and run back to a point or something. And then he yeah, scores he could, that round. He could walk forward, shoot someone on a different D and then from with hit and run. And right. then decide from there, does he want to move forward and cap the point or move back to safety? Lots of flexibility. Actually, how I've been playing Craven the Hunter lately in my spider foes is, is that exact way <laughs> with his little, you know, <laughs> sneaking movement or attacks sort of things like he likes to do, you know, but specifically on the B's and D's with him. So I, I thought the same thing with Star Lord. And, you know, of course, he has flight. So he's even more capable of that than some other characters with hidden runs. So I think that's a good start entirely. Now, my first question I have with that is I was already planning on bringing a similar thing to you, in particular, Riot's Spark Over Extremists and the Cosmic Invasion. Now, when you're bringing the last D, which is the portals overrun with spider people, mm-hmm. I want to know your thoughts on that with the Guardians in particular, because that was the spot I was considering a B possibly instead. Like Infinity Formula. See, I specifically like the versatility of going with all of the Ds because it is another pay to flip, which I think Guardians can handle just fine. Okay. And it's one that I think Guardians can handle better than most. I do think you could absolutely run Infinity Formula as their other one, but I feel like a lot of, a, a lot more teams are good on Infinity Formula. And I think it would be very easy to, to kind of like tilt a Guardians roster towards the Ds altogether and be better at it than most other people would be. I like the singular focus for sure. And just knowing what your deployments are going to be on the secures, of course. Yeah. Um, I think it, and it, I do think that it helps us refine the roster as well. I think having a pay to flip, cause I think it, it, I think it's key for rosters to be factoring in what you would do when you get a pay to flip. Cause I think a lot of people right now still just go, I'm just going to hope that I don't have to play them. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. So having a and, plan going in initially, you're already one step ahead in, in theory. Yeah. And so I think having, I think it helps us go, well, this is our plan on that one. And across the board, I feel like we have a lot of characters that don't mind the D's, but also the downsides and upsides of the D's, right? Spider portals does that like place you away, but we have lots of characters that are penalized less by that than other teams, right? You've got Gamora who can just throw herself back on, right? You've Mm -hmm. got Angela who can like, has multiple ways of moving herself throughout making her attacks. You have Star-Lord who can hit and run back on, right? There's so many little ways to do that, that I think it's something that naturally has some good synergy with, with guardians. No, I agree. I think we're, we're set on our secures, honestly. Okay. And we can just read those off right now for the listener. I mean, you just, you just said them, but sure. Uh, That's true. uh, Yeah. Extremist consoles. Spider portals, <laughs> cosmic invasion. Yep, the Black Order yep. one, of course. Um, I think all of the threat totals are potentially solid for guardians. No, no problems there. Um, now, do we want to pick extracts right now, or do we want to leave extracts as we build well, on this plan a bit more? There's already a particular extract the guardians like that is a D. It's called Fear Grips the Worthy Hammers. Because they are a attrition-based <laughs> team that hit above their weight class, and obviously when they get hammers, that goes up. But on top of that, they don't have a 
ton of tactics cards that are like absolutely crucial at given times, especially late game. Yeah, they don't have uh, an Avengers Assemble right. or a Wakanda Forever that gets really annoying when you're playing it with hammers and everyone's, you know, you got three different, two or three different characters paying extra that gets real complicated. And, and Angela is a menace with hammers, I'm going to tell you. Yes. So, well, so there I is a lot of characters and guardians that can be a menace with hammers. Absolutely. Now, I do, as much as I agree with you, I do think hammers in the consideration for the listener's benefit. I do think it's worthwhile saying I could see the argument to not do hammers because so many people are going to be doing it. I think there's going to be a lot of plans for hammers. It's true, except but, web warriors do not like it. And we are seeing a lot of web warriors right now. So interesting. Yes. Yeah. It's one. I'm not sure. Do I think web warriors dislike it? Not super relevant for the episode, but mm-hmm. it's I think it's a perfectly reasonable one for them. Um, it does continue with the D setup, but are they naturally advantaged into that D setup with extracts? I'm not sure. Mm-hmm. Now, when I've been thinking about extracts lately, I've been thinking about like, okay, well, let's say I lose priority, right? Now my opponent is choosing secures and now I have extracts. Am I just picking stuff that's trying to minimize like the negative or like, what am I doing? And I think one of the easiest decisions for a lot of people going forward is going to be like splashing black order and playing like alien ships and scrolls plus something else. Because I know people, again, they're not super fond of that randomness, but Black Mm -hmm. Order doesn't care. They actually want you to get it. And then they want Thanos to like cosmic portal mindstone you into death, right? That's true. Yeah. And that would that would be an easy thing to splash with Guardians, right? Like Thanos kind of has some interesting synergy in there. You know, it's a team that doesn't cost too much. So you could easily splash a Thanos into Guardians if you wanted to. Corvus and Proxima could both splash into Guardians pretty easily if you want to go full-on murder mode. That would be an interesting extract option if we wanted to plan for that. You don't necessarily have to go full Black Order to do this, because I think there's lots of characters that could potentially play to that plan if we wanted to work in like Mystique and Deception. Right. That could be a way to do it. Plus, you have, like, Gwen, you could work in, again, like, facilitate to, like, yank someone into your your death machine. Um, Enchantress can participate in that. And so we don't have to go kind of full-on Black Order, but we could build to that idea. But is there any other directions that you would think would be, like, a really strong extract play for Guardians? Well, something that has worked with me in the past with Guardians is some of the lower threat numbers in particular and having access to those against an opponent who doesn't want that is pretty powerful. I mean, Guardians honestly love 14, 15, 16. So when I look at that, I, I see things like the, the U.S. Senator, right, which is a 14. Mm-hmm. And it's also one of those ones that actually helps your attrition strategy. And you have so many models, usually at least one more activation of your opponent. That if the senator is dropped, you do have someone potentially that can pick him up and get him out of there, you know, mid to late game. But I don't think you mind that much early game if they find the senator early, because then now you're like, okay, well, Rocket and Groot, it's time to deadly duo or something. But I, I just like the threat number on that in particular. You know, an honorable mention, once again, on lower threat, you know, something like sword base on secure, same reason. I think the Guardians can just perform well at low threat. So that's my first thought after the hammers. Okay. You know what? Let's let's build. Let's start building out this roster a little bit and see if it simplifies for us. Okay. So let's say we're we're starting with the three Ds. Obviously, Star Lord is essential, right? We're gonna play right. Guardians. We're gonna be playing Star Lord. Right. Who do you think are the most essential characters for this triple D setup? Because obviously, 
you can make an argument for any of them, but which ones stand out for you the most as like characters we should definitely include with this plan? Probably Rocket, Groot, and Drax in all seriousness, because Drax in particular can just hang out on one side and then the other flank can be Rocket and Groot, which is essentially your Guardians package five threat, but two activations. And they're going to win those points. They're going to win those points. So I think that's a strong base because we're getting the affiliated characters as well. And mm, I'm starting to wonder if you're getting skewed by your uh, Guardian spam plan here. Possibly. But I feel like Rocket and Groot are just essential in general because of the Deadly Duo card. But maybe that's just my opinion there. Because you kind of got to keep them together. They don't give you as much flexibility on 3Ds. That's true. But now with Groot's range three attacks... And I don't know. I, I think they just hold their own side point by themselves, period. And that's that's kind of their role. Right. But then that's that's five threat that's hard to separate, right? If they're mm-hmm. camping a point. Like I like the idea of Rocket hanging out and like hanging on your, you know, the D that's closest to you or something and going, well, I only have two threat dedicated here. And then I can send a lot of force to both of the D's in the middle and only be expending two mm-hmm. on my on my back D. But as soon as you've got Groot there, like, is he as cool without Rocket? I don't I don't know. And that's something that we'd have to think about in the in the plan. I feel like after you get the Deadly Duo off, you shouldn't be necessarily married to them being connected at all times. And of course, their bodyguard range got increased. But I feel like people have been separating Rocket and Groot for a long time outside of, you know, E and C maps, I guess, just because of it wasn't as good. Do you really think we're going to get off that many deadly duos on D-maps? <laughs> good question. Good question. I think it's definitely possible. I mean, Rocket's range alone is, I mean, range five between the Ds is not that far, if you're positioned right. I mean, a D does not reach. It's really hard to be on a D and shoot anyone mm-hmm. who's on another D. I, I think the biggest thing is, like, not necessarily thinking of that they're going to be together all game, but that they could be separated. But also, you know, if, if you're set on Drax in particular for a three-threat affiliated I mean, it can be Rocket on one side and Drax on one side. And then with Star-Lord, we're only at eight so far. Yeah. And I mean, sure enough, maybe they're all in. And because there's still plenty of situations where you bring Rocket and Groot. But I was just more teasing you because it was like, you were going right into like the the spam build right away. All the low cost characters. I I mean, I think they have the largest reputation for their spam ability. But at the same time, the leadership only hits three characters each round. And I think you want to have good impact yeah. from that. And they're, they're not, it's not like Sam's leadership or say spider foes leadership, which is entirely, you know, the more characters, more better. It's true, but they are the only team in the game with two affiliated two threats. And then a couple three threats. I, I'm just like, that's their number one reason. They're the most swarm team in my mind. I, I completely agree yeah. that Sam's is leadership is more built towards the swarm because of course Star-Lord's leadership, that's really good with some high threat models. And I mean, Angela's exactly. affiliated and Angela's exactly. fantastic. And so I will say that, well, like my mind often comes to like, she loves the leadership, both offensively. She's got four defense dice across the board. So when she's got to use it defensively, she often can get good use out of it. Like have a success, reroll two non-successes, hopefully get at least one more success out of that, you know, Oh, yeah. And she can trigger her cleaves and all that kind of good stuff. Uh, I completely agree that Angela is yeah, here really on helps. this list, 100%. <laughs> okay. So, well, at least we agree that Angela goes in 100%. Right. Which starts making me look at the potential of F extracts in particular, because Angela is a strong contender there to pick up that middle 
safely. Yeah, and I do think that's something that this roster might do more so than Mm -hmm. other rosters. That is, you could very easily look down at your opponent's plan and go, you know what? I'm totally fine with that. I'm going to take extracts and let them pick. I think it's going to happen a lot. It really is going to happen. And maybe that's where that deadly duo comes in even more because, like you said, someone might force you on one of those most popular ones right now, like Demons Downtown. I think you're okay with that with Guardians. Yep. I I mean, I don't really see a secure that they're straight up bad at. I, I'm not sure they want deadly meteors because I think if someone's bringing it, they probably have mm-hmm. a better plan than what Guardians is going to do, but they're not Absolutely. awful at it. Yeah. That's probably the only one that like jumps out at me because they have enough bodies to do the like Mayor Fisk and the Terrigen Mists. Oh yeah. And some damage output to get Criminal Syndicate off their healthy side on those. They can spread out reasonably well for the new five point secure. There's, there's really not a secure that jumps out at me as being like something that guardians is not going to be able to do. I agree. So, yeah, I mean, that could also be something that we're keeping in the back of our head that maybe we are willing to choose extracts, even when we have priority, which may mean we need to think largely about like, if we're going to play like the double F's Mm -hmm. right. And we're going to play cubes and spider infected, which I think are both potentially fine for them, that's something that we could think about. Well, okay, well, if we're if we're not doing them, what's the plan on the flip side? Um, and I think one thing, especially with cubes, is you can build out the team with some like characters that can heal or um, negate the damage from cubes, so that you're not suffering as much negative impact. So even if your opponent goes up three to two on extracts. Maybe you let them have that for a turn or two, and now all their characters have taken two damage. Right. And so suddenly everything's softened up, and you haven't really been softened up because maybe you brought in Lizard or Cassandra Nova or maybe X-23 mm-hmm. and had them pick up Secures to like build up some power and then get to explode and kind of go in hard turn three. Something like that might be an interesting plan. Yeah, I think if we have a plan for the cube... We should take it. I feel like the spider infect is the easier one with the guardians in particular, because I don't know the cube for me, it's one of my favorite crises to get with my Sam team. And it's actually my highest win rate of all my crises choices, because I guess the way I played in particular, and I play lizard in my Sam team for that reason, but also just, you know, if I have a swarm that can run out there and get cubes and then I can pull them back and then I can mitigate the damage a little bit, like you're talking about through healing factor or through some cards I'll do that. But I think the guardians don't, not all the guardians love the cubes as much because the guardians don't have a ton of ways to spend power outside of like typically their spenders. So that's something to think about too. I think now Angela doesn't mind at all. Once again. Yep. Angela still minds. So it might be something where we decide that we're going to work in a character that can heal them. Right. For example, like when I was playing midnight suns, I was thinking about, well, if I play Dr. Strange with a soul stone, you know, he could theoretically move up, grab a cube with the leadership and then still back up and he can potentially heal himself after he's taken some damage. So maybe it's something where we consider Wong or Dr. Strange or Hood some way to like get off some healing on the characters so that, you know, when we do that. But again, this is one extract. And the question is, is like, how often are we going to have it and how much right. do we want to plan for that? But yeah. It's, it's, it's tough to say, but obviously the guardians are one of the best teams just to use unaffiliated three threats. So I think we can cover that issue if we figure out what extracts we want. The ones that jump out to me so far are the hammers and the spider infected. Unsure about the cubes. I mean, we do have things 
you know, if we're going more attrition style, we do have things like the research station attacked, which is essentially that an, another secure in a weird way. Yeah. You know? I think I want to move away from researcher. I don't think guardians is better at researcher than a majority of the field. Cause again, I think part of the reason why we were discussing the D's right mm-hmm. is because they don't require as much like, Oh, we keep these characters close together. Like obviously there's the rocketing group outside of that. Right. The whole rest of the team can operate very independently. And that's what makes the leadership so good, right? Like you can just hand out the leadership where it's needed to like, oh, this side is a little weak. I'm going to put leadership tokens over there to help smooth that out. Or I'm like, I'm just going to overpower this side completely. That's where the leadership tokens are going. So that's where I don't think I want to, I don't think I want researcher for them. No, it's just something worth bringing up. I think I like our idea of sticking with all F's and D's in particular, because I think that could work out if we have a plan, you know, and something that also might make our opponent choose from the opposite deck. And then we still work around that fine. Okay. Yeah. I'm certainly not a, I'm certainly not opposed to that being our, our base starting plan as I think we would be good at it as we can play kind of as wide as we want to. Like it's really a team. that's easy to play five wide at almost any threat level, but can absolutely flex to a, a lower character count team if it wants to try to maintain priority. Right. Okay. So let's round out our plan for the secures. So star Lord is great at moving on to just about any secure and being able to utilize hit and run to either like move away from it when he's ready to abandon it or, you know, put a lot of work into, you know, taking someone down. They threw him off. He hit and runs back onto it. Mm-hmm. Lots of, lots of cool tech there. Star Lord's great. Angela, obviously great. She can pick up an extract, still interact with a spider portal. She can get from, she can grab something out of the middle and then still get to another D, you know, right. it's in particular on our F maps, right? She'll do that. Yeah, she has, she has lots, lots of potential there. You know, she could grab a Montessie formula and then like still get to one of the D's. There's so much to like about her. So those are definitely good. What do you think about Gamora for this? She has not been my favorite character in the past, but two additional total health. She Mm -hmm. has stealth and with how easy it'd be to give her a reroll token, she's going to have a better chance of hitting a wild and spiking and blowing someone up. But she's a fourth threat and she kind of competes with Ronin and she competes with other cool four threats you could potentially bring into this affiliation. What do you think of her? Yeah, I also think worth mentioning, too, of course, is the new wording on winging it obviously works with martial prowess. So that helps her stay alive longer, too, with her stamina increasing, plus the martial prowess, which you could deal damage back. But more importantly, you can survive with five dice on defense. But I think I want to bring her for sure, because I feel like she has very few places in the game and. I think her in her best state now, I think the Guardians is her best place. And I think we've got to crack the code on Gamora because people are scared to take her still, I feel like, because <laughs> there's so many solid fours out there. And Omnis, you know that you and I are both huge Ronin fans and have played tons of Ronin. What's interesting to me, if we take Gamora, I'm not sure if we take Ronin as well, because then I feel like I feel like the slots narrow up a lot in the four area and Guardians in particular, because I think you either want high threat, threes, or twos. And A4 or so. And so it's more like, are we fine with just Gamora or are we doing Gamora and Ronin? And that's the fours. Yeah, that's yeah. where it gets really tough. And yeah, that's, that's preempting a discussion that I wanted to have anyway. I know. Cause like <laughs> Ronin is very clearly the better choice 
when we do spider portals, right? Because he's right. got the four energy defense, medium size, and he's base. got ways to push and throw. Right. Um. So why don't we, for the purpose of kind of getting through the guardians part at least, let's separate them into three tiers: the one hundred percent who are definitely in, the ones that okay. are in consideration, and if there's any guardian that we definitely do not want in this particular plan. So do we want to put Gamora as a maybe a 100% or I think we both are in either maybe or 100%. Yes. So I'll let you decide. Let's put her in a maybe for now because I think okay. Star-Lord Angela are 100%. So. Yeah. I think both Rocket and Groot are definitely need to be in consideration. They're both very solid. I think they're 100% cuz they're affiliated and they're cheap. And of course, like you said or like I said earlier, if you're forced on something where deadly do is even better. That's probably the time for sure. But just Rocket alone has to be here. I think we've got a lot of room to deliberate this roster, and I'm just not I'm not sure they're as one hundred percent as Star Lord and Star Lord and Angela. They're great I, characters, don't get me I wrong. I feel like Rocket is hundred percent because he's your two threat that's holding a back point. Nebula is where we can get more interesting discussion, I feel like. Okay. But I feel like Rocket Fair, okay. is... Okay, I'll, I'll split it 50-50 with you. Rocket goes 100%. <laughs> he's in. Groot is in the maybe slot. Yeah, because I think where it gets more interesting is I've had a lot of success with Nebula. I know not a lot of people have, and I feel like that she's strong in this team. But if we're doing this D strategy, does she fit in in particular is a good question. I think that's fair. And like what, what we're talking about Nebula, honestly, I don't think we're going to have space for her. I don't dislike her, and I think she works into some plans. Mm-hmm. But I think for this plan, we want people that I think we want people that can contest. If we were doing the like all super aggressive, like we're playing right. demons downtown, intrusions, and gamma wave, sure, maybe maybe she goes in, and I think she would be a heavy heavy consideration in that roster. I'm I'm gonna say in this one, I think we can. I don't think we need to spend a lot of time discussing her. I think we can okay. put her in the no slot for this one. Now, then that would obviously lead to the next question I'd have, which is, are we taking a second two? And if so, who they are, who are they? Because I feel like with guardians, they're one of those teams, even if you're not going super swarm, like if you're not going seven or eight wide, you like having two twos if you can. Yeah. I don't, I don't hate the idea. Um, but let's get through the different guardians that we have to think about. Okay. I think, uh, Ronan is also a maybe. Cause I'm just not right. sure we're going to play both him and Gamora. And that is going to probably end up being the big question. So I think we put Ronan and maybe, and Definitely. I think Drax, it's kind of that and Groot. Are we playing both of them? Are we playing one of them? I think they're in consideration, but maybe we don't take both depending on what else we have to work in. Okay. Um, okay. Is that everyone? Star Lord, Angela rocket are our hundred percent. Gamora, Groot, Ronan, Drax, maybe Nebula's a no. Mm-hmm. Just making sure we haven't missed any guardians that people are going to hate us for not remembering. There's eight guardians. That's all eight. Yeah. Okay. Perfect. Okay. So from there, are there any unaffiliated characters that we definitely want in this plan? I'm not so sure about definitely, but one of my first interesting thoughts I had and something you touched on actually earlier. So we're on a similar track mine here before we even got on the mics is either X 23 or hood as a person who holds an objective and can mitigate some damage and do damage. Yep. I mean, I think at the very least lizard X 23. Oh, lizard. Always. And, <laughs> but I'm trying to get away from <laughs> lizard being on every team of mine, but yeah, you've I, I'm just me. saying lizard X 23 and hood, I think are all maybes. Okay. For sure. They just, they, they do interesting things that this team wants. I think Doctor Strange is worth having in a maybe right now. 
He okay. also kind of fits the bill of kind of mixed attrition. He's a good character for spider portals. Yes. Um, are there any other characters that we want to consider because of their healing benefits? Cassandra Nova, it would be an interesting one for sure. She would, if we're doing more fives, that's another question down the line. Something, something I've been thinking about for some time and I've played in the past in Guardians and of course is much, much better now is Ghost Rider with the Guardians because of his mobility, because if you're not attacking him, you know, the rest of the team's getting benefits. There's a lot there. I mean, it's interesting, but his vengeance being global now is a big part of it in my mind with the guardians in particular, if you want a five threat in addition to Angela, but I feel like Angela is always going to be the first go to. So it's more of a, a flex pick. I mean, I don't hate the idea of us. I mean, I don't think we're going to end up with three fives or anything, Okay, but I don't think the idea of a second five is out of the question. Now I do think that there are other characters like we could consider crossbones for picking up mm-hmm. a uh, cube, right? Because he could right. potentially pick it up and then after turn, after he takes one damage from it, at the very least he can, um, he can use the, uh, he can use his, um, God, I can't remember what it's called. The negate one damage. A nerd to pain. A nerd to pain. So at the very least he could like keep himself from taking a bunch of damage, but I don't love him on all the crisis. So I don't yeah. really think I want to include him in this. He's not good on spider portals. Well, I just don't know if he fills any sort of a void that Drax and... Yeah, I think I would rather have Lizard or X-23 or Hood. Yeah, if we already have like Drax or Groot as our other slow, tanky guy, you know, that's a three threat. Yeah. So that's kind of, that probably rules him out, um, even though good idea with our particular crises set up. So are we just looking at three threats right now? Because there is so many good options, potentially. And like you said, this affiliation can also make a lot of them better, too. Yeah, I mean... Are there any characters that we would definitely want to include in this? Like, is there any that we just feel like they're just like perfect for the sort of plan that we're talking about? Like some of the spider people or I I just feel like there probably is one that we're just forgetting about. Well, I mean, if you mentioned Web Warrior roster characters, I mean, Miles or Moon Knight both could be really good. I mean, they're stealth characters that can sit on a point. They can come in mid to late game and start adding to the fight, you know, but they're also not being messed with for a long time because of their stealth or I don't know. Moon Knight seems very interesting to me in this team in particular, because he can just pop off in particular by himself. And then you add guardians rerolls and things like that on top of that. It's pretty interesting, but miles is a consistent, consistent character that I've had a lot of success with as well. So one thing that I was thinking about, especially if we're going to play hammers, mm-hmm. I was thinking about Hulkbuster. Okay. Um, Cause he's a character who could set up and grab two hammers. First activation. That's true. He'd be an easy character to fit in because of like the flexibility of low threat guardians. He's fairly durable. He's going to win almost any one-on-one matchup, except maybe against She-Hulk. Keep She-Hulk away from him. (laughs) She-Hulk will wreck his day. Well, he's insurance against some of those higher threat characters as well, right? Pushing them away and keeping your team safe from the Dormammus, from the Magnetos, from the Hulks in particular. Yeah. I mean, he could get, he could keep multiple people off a point. He's got solid defensive stats. He's a, I think he fits into the sort of game plan that we're talking about a lot. I think, I think he's great. Yeah. Yeah. Um, just want to put him in a maybe for now. Yeah. Okay. I think he fits in better than the other sixes. I don't see a big reason why I'd want to grab Magneto, She-Hulk or Hulk over him. I think Hulk would probably be the largest consideration. 
But yes, I think I like some, Hulkbuster a little bit better. You and I have talked about the potential of Hulk being Guardians. It's pretty interesting with the rerolls and just the threat of him out there. But I think Hulkbuster is the safer choice for sure. Consistency. Yeah. I mean, Hulk could do good things. I mean, I, I think if we we found a considerable reason to not do Hulkbuster. But I just like if we're going to play hammers, I just love the idea of Hulkbuster being able to grab two hammers right away. Yeah. Absolutely. And that's kind of goes with our strategy too, where it's like Angela could do that as well in particular. If, you know, depends on what setup, what matchup we have. I do like that. What threat level. So I think Hulkbuster also plays particularly well into, like I said, the spider portals plan too, depending on, depending Mm -hmm. on threat level. Like he could keep people off of it. He can hit and run back onto it. You know, lots of, lots of interesting play there of the fives. Obviously, we're considering Doctor Strange. I don't think there's good reason to take Cable or Black Bolt. Right. Cassandra Nova is still interesting. I like her tactics card. She's another stealthy character, but she's only three energy defense at a five. And I kind of like if we're bringing a five. For it to be higher. Yeah, I, I think I would just probably prefer a Doctor Strange there. So probably leave that off for now. You're talking about a character with a good tactics card. Ebony Maw. What do you think about that? <laughs> Hmm. I am certainly not opposed to this. He's up to four energy defense now as well. Right. He brings a very strong tactics card. He's got solid throws. Yeah, he can move people off. Mm. You know, I, par- I wanted to kind of butt heads with you on it, and I'm just not <laughs> sure I want to do that. Like, yeah, he's got the six dice. It's not a builder. It's just a gainer. So he's not going to gain a ton of power out of it, but he can potentially get people off points. Hmm. Yeah, and then ah. we bring his tech card, right? His tech at one of our ten, if we want to, for certain matchups. Uh, something he's someone I've been thinking about a long time. I've been thinking about him and Ghost Rider in particular in the team. And the way I I was thinking in my mind is, if I'm playing the Swarm Star Lord team, I'm going to play Ghost Rider. And if I'm going to play more the like you said, maybe potentially maintaining priority or just guaranteeing removing models, Ebony Maw was going to be my choice. So. Well, so here's why I'm going to say no, say why I want to say no to Ebony Maw. I don't think he fits in with our extract plan. Yep. Right? He's that. not a particularly good character to be holding a hammer. He's not a particularly good character to get a hammer from someone else. He doesn't move back onto the points in either of these Ds very well. So if he gets pushed away by the by the cosmic portal, the cosmic invasion portals, or if he gets placed away, like he doesn't have a great like he almost certainly loses in action. He doesn't have a hit and run or anything like that. Um, and I just, so I just think he just doesn't fit into our, our extract plan. I think he'd be perfectly fine on all of our secures. No, he's not great on the secures either. Yeah, I just don't think he fits with our specific plan. I think he could work in other Guardians teams. Mm-hmm. Maybe not on ours, which is okay. kind of the same thing. Like Scarlet Witch is a good character to hold a hammer. Um, she likes the rerolls. But again, she doesn't do a great job moving herself. Yeah. Yeah, we're getting to the same situation we with like any of these bigger attrition characters. So I, I see that yeah. entirely. I don't hate the idea of a Black Panther. Right. If we're going back to fours, yeah. Also, you know, some character that you and I have talked about a lot in this game, Omnis. I mean, what, what about the potential of Loki, either just Loki or Loki with the gem? I mean, I think both are potentially potentially very interesting options. They're just kind of like competing with like a Doctor Strange at five, but mm-hmm. maybe they're good enough. Yeah, I'm definitely Loki goes in a maybe plus gem question mark. Right. 
again, I'm not sure how many other fours we would want to include in. I really don't um, think, think we'd Ma- want that many fours and with Guardians yeah. in particular. I mean, I think Medusa is solid. Always, yeah. Yeah, I mean, she's already got some natural reroll tech, giving her some additional, or she could take pressure off of already because she has some reroll tech. She's got the potential for multiple pushes. Like, she's, she's interesting. Yeah, and the Royal Decree is really pretty good with our D plan, or, or moving one of those slow characters further up the board, like a, a Groot or Drax or something, so. Hmm. Okay, we'll, we'll put her in the in the maybes. Okay. What about for other threes that we're going to, we've already stuck a few threes on here. Are there any other, are there any other ones we want to fit in? Like Baron Mordo is kind of interesting. Um, he's a character he who wouldn't really take very many rerolls, but if you gave them to him, it helps him hit some of his triggers. He could give additional dice to any of our characters, but he's kind of more of a buffing character and we're kind of playing out of the needing characters to be together synergy. Right. Yeah. I don't think we want him in particular if we're kind of getting set on these more like holding the D's with three threats in particular, because then he will lose his purpose at some point in the game compared to some others. You know, we totally didn't even discuss the fact that Groot can actually heal himself. So he's actually a pretty great character to be holding a cube. He can hold a lot. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. While by sitting by a secure. Now a fourth threat we haven't talked about yet. I know we're off the four threats, but worth mentioning someone tanky to sit by a point. I mean, we do have rogue as well. Yeah. I mean, she certainly, she certainly likes the rerolls. Yeah. She likes them. Does she actually need them? She's pretty consistent <laughs> with, within herself, but I mean, maybe that's why you take her, you know, you just take her as someone. Well, I mean, she's not a offensively point. consistent. She rolls the same amount of dice as just about anyone else. But true. I think if we're pulling someone into an unaffiliated slot, I feel like I would rather have Ronan or Gamora. I mean, obviously Gamora is going to have, more damage. I just like the idea of Rogue being tanky, and then of course the mutant absorption power. Yeah, I mean she does punishing uh, people with power. Want, she does fit into the like really good in the one-on-one matchups. And yeah, let's also not forget that her mutant absorption, the roll five dice, they take they automatically take the damage. It's hit, crit, and wild. It's just a lot. I mean, okay, Rogue so. Rogue goes into Rogue goes into the maybe. If we were going to bring in another two threat, okay, do you have a top pick? The two that come to my mind are Bullseye and Okoye. Bullseye, he seems like he fits this team pretty well now, the new version of the Guardians. Okoye, just because she's solid and can sit somewhere and win you that point. So the real question is, do we need more defense or more attrition if we're going one of them in particular? But I also always like Toad. I blindly pick Toad a lot if extracts go a certain way, you know? Yeah, what I like about both of those is if we... If we play on spider portals or we play on another pay to flip, mm-hmm. they both have three energy defense, which Rocket does not. That's good. On the flip side, though, if we were worried about having someone just hang back on a point that we've already secured, it, like Bob would be an interesting choice as it would be very sure. difficult for someone to kill him when we potentially have more <laughs> activations than them. Hey, Bob's really good. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think we'll just keep all of them in consideration for the time being. Yeah. Um, Cause I can't think of any that were like, Hey, definitely 100%. There's no reason to, cause I mean, I don't even hate the idea of bringing Wong. Yeah. For the heal and just sitting on a back point. Yep. He could generate extra power to fuel some tactics cards. He can, he just doesn't really benefit from the leadership at all. I'm not saying you would ever really necessarily put it on him, but I just, it's pretty interesting with someone like Bullseye or Nkoye. If you actually gave or Nebula, of course, like we mentioned, talked about earlier, but we're not playing that play style. Yeah, but I think Rocket is probably the only two threat that like really significantly benefits 
from the from the leadership. I'm not sure right. any other two threat except maybe Toad. Toad does have interesting ways to spend his power. He does, and he's got a wild push. Yeah, looking for those wilds. Maybe Toad is the best. I actually like that a lot. I want to put Toad straight down in the maybe. I want to keep him in mind for a two threat. Yeah. I agree. Okay. Now, a fun one to talk about. I don't know if it's necessarily as viable as the other three threats we've mentioned, but the new Winter Soldier seems really fun in this team because he now has the highest ceiling with rapid fire being an actual generator of power. And I don't know. I've got your back in this team. Seems pretty good. But also just another range five gun is something. Yeah. I think with our plan of going the triple Ds, which is part of why I was like, secures first is because it helps us narrow some things down. Right. And while I think he's generically good, we don't need rogue agent probably almost ever. Right. And I think the rage five gun on the D secures isn't as good. And he doesn't particularly fit well into our extract plan either. He doesn't have a way to heal himself. He's not, he doesn't do anything special on any of the extracts we're talking about taking. So I think, I think we can leave him off, even though I mm-hmm. like him. I think he's probably worth considering. And hey, if we were considering Sam in the roster, which is not a horrible idea either, right. I'm a fan of till the end of the line, but I think <laughs> we probably have enough stuff to consider at this point. I agree. Okay. Well, I, we knew this going in. This was probably going to be something that we were going to have to break into two episodes because it's a lot of work to build a roster. It's, a it's lot. super fun to shoot ideas back and forth. Well, especially when we're building the roster the way we are, ominous, like we talked about in this episode and in episode 43 of Fury's Finest, building the X-Men, where it's like we are focused on crises and then making a certain team work on this crisis that is this affiliation, which for us today is Guardian. So it's not so much just like making a good mono Guardians team. It's we're making a, a D map guardians team really you know with some f spice in there so so many ways to build guardians like we could probably we could record four or five episodes and potentially build like totally different teams oh absolutely and like you said with them being affiliated so easily too i mean they are one of those teams you can have like mono or triple affiliated i'm looking at you if you throw dormammu in or something you know like you can do that with them if you really want to we're just not doing that today but i am interested to narrow these down next episode yeah so these probably won't be a full week apart, but I do think we're going to split it into two episodes. It's a little easier for people to digest. Do like one, one lunch break, one and another lunch break, something like that. Right. But um, man, yeah, I'm excited to dig into the rest of this, but I think we, we just will cut it here. Jesse, why don't you do the closing? I kind of created the opening for the last episode <laughs> okay. or for this episode. Do you have a closing you want to use for part one of, uh, you know, plucky attitude? Plucky attitude, winging it with Omnis and Fury's Finest. Well, it's hard to say because we want to leave people in suspense, but also, you know, we want to uh, make it exciting to come back, you know? Like, there's a lot of things going on here, but I guess the real question is, Omnis and Jesse doing an episode, are we taking Deadly Duo? You'll have to come back next time and see. (laughs) Deadly Duo, is it in or is it dead? That's it. I don't know. I don't know. (laughs) I, I think it's it. I think it's it. But we'll see. We'll see. Later, nerds. We'll hit you Later. in the next one. And you find out the tactics cards and the rest of this roster coming at you soon. Thanks for listening. True believers. Excelsior. The world has gotten even stranger than you already know. At this point, I doubt anything would surprise me. Ten bucks says you're wrong. 